I own my truck. My truck doesn't own me. God wants to take us into a level of miracle money, but he first has to give us foundation. And to understand that he does not want his people being slaves to money up to the grave. There's a freedom that should be gained from it, but with so many, it puts us in bondage and the stuff and all that goes along with it. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. And today I am beginning a series that will consist of at least two messages. And normally we don't even indicate a season or time frame because people will listen to messages at all times of the year, at all times of the day. But today is the last Sunday message of this year. And as we move into the next year, God told me, I want you to speak on this for this message and your first message of the new year. So as we move into the new year, there's a particular thing that he wants me to deal with because so many of his people are struggling with this thing. And today's message is simply entitled what he spoke to me, Miracle Money. Now, now I want to, first of all, even though this is what God spoke to me to speak about, I want to make sure that it's all right with you. Because sometimes, you know, some subjects, they irk people. Does anybody want to hear about any miracle money? So at least the congregation, I don't see too many frowns on their face about miracle money. And, and I know we have an extremely uh, sainted deist here with such holy preachers. I, I want to make sure that it's not too vile for them. So I want to ask C. Elijah, would you mind hearing about miracle money? He doesn't mind hearing about it. I want to ask uh, James if he would mind hearing about miracle money. And, and he says it's okay to hear about miracle. So I, I wanted to, first of all, make sure that it was all right for me to even talk about money. And, and I've noticed that recently, as we get prayer requests in on mountain wings, that more and more and more, and a higher and higher percentage of the prayer requests, they're dealing with money. They're dealing with very, very dire situations of, you know, I, I've lost my job. I, I can't find work. I'm, I'm about to lose everything that I have. Lord, I, I need a miracle. Can you just pray for me a miracle? I, I need help. So more and more... The people across the land are crying out because they cannot pay bills and they just need some money. And God wants me to speak to you on this subject and I'll have to lay a foundation because money is a dangerous path, yet it is a necessary path. And it is something that all of us, at least in our current consciousness, need. Now, I'm not saying that we really need it because there may be some who can make it without it, but I don't know them. And God always told me, don't tell the people to do anything that you can't do. And I need some money. So if I need money, I'm assuming that you need some money. And to be honest about it, I need a good bit of money. Uh, so, so I need money. I'm, my wife, Putin, do you need any money? Putin needs some money. So, so, 
So we all need money, at least in our current consciousness. There, there are some who've evolved and, and they can simply wander the land with a bowl and they, they, they have no need of any money. But I'm not at that level yet. And I, and I really don't have a, just a burning desire to get to that level right now. So right now I'm in a position where I need money. And God wants me to just speak to you just on miracle money, but I I first want to go through and just lay a foundation and deal with what's called the law of first mention. And I want to go through and show you the first mentions of money in the Bible, because generally when God brings up a thing, even the order and the relevance of which he brings it up, it has a great significance. And the first mention of money in the Bible is the book of Genesis. You don't have to turn to these passages. I'm going to go through them rapidly. Genesis chapter 17 in the 12th verse. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every man child in your generations. He that is born in the house or bought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed. Second mention in the next verse, he that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Next mention goes to that verse 23 of that same chapter. And Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all that were born in his house and all that were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the selfsame day. And God, as God has said unto him. And then in the next verse, in the 27th chapter, and all the men of his house born in the house and bought with money of the stranger were circumcised with him. Now, the first actual one, two, three, four verses in the Bible where money was mentioned, actually it says, and those who were bought with money. So the first mentions in the Bible of money had to do with Abraham and those servants, or what some terminology calls slaves, were bought with money. So the first mention in the word of God dealing with money had to do with enslavement. That's not coincidental. Next verse, Genesis chapter 23, verse 9, that he may give me the cave of Machpelah, which he hath, which is in the end of his field, for as much money as it is worth, he shall give it to me for a possession of a burying place Amongst you. Chapter 23, verse 13. And he spake unto Ephraim in the audience of the people of the land, saying, But if thou will give it, I pray thee, hear me. I will give thee money for the field. Take it of me, and I will bury my dead there. And this is the second mention. The second, these two verses, and the third. Genesis 23:16 And Abraham hearkened unto Ephraim and Abraham weighed to Ephraim the silver which he had named in the audience of the sons of Heth 400 shekels of silver current money with the merchant Now the first four mentions in the Bible had to do with being bought with money servantry or slavery The next three had to do with the field of Machpelah it had to do with a grave or a burying place. 
The next mention in Genesis 31, verses 14 and 15. And Rachel and Leah answered and said unto him, Is there yet any portion or inheritance for us in our father's house? Are we not counted of him strangers? For he hath sold us and have devoured also our money. Same verse in the New Living Translation. He has reduced our rights to those of foreign women. He sold us and what he received for us has disappeared. Now, the eighth mention of money has to do with, again, Rachel and Leah saying that their daddy has sold them and the money is gone. Y'all ever had a situation where your money is just gone? It's just gone. Now, now the, 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 the King James Version calls it devoured. The money just some just devoured means that something is just eating it up. Have y'all ever had a situation where something like this is completely eating up your money? That was the eighth mention of money. Genesis 33, verses 18 and 19. And Jacob came to Shalem, a city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan. And he came from Padinarum and pitched his tent before the city. And he bought a parcel of a field where he had spread his tent at the hand of the children of Hamar, Shechem's father, for a hundred pieces of money. The ninth mention is where Jacob bought land. And the tenth mention, Genesis 42, verses 25 through 27. Then Joseph commanded to fill the sacks with corn and to restore every man's money into his sack and to give them provisions for the way. And thus did he unto them. And they laid it their asses with the corn and departed thence. And as one of them opened his sack to give his ass providential at the end, he espied his money. For behold, it was in the sack's mouth. And that's the tenth mention of money when Joseph's brother had come to Egypt to get grain. And there they opened the sack and there they saw the money. Now, that's the Old Testament. First ten mentions of money. New Testament, Matthew chapter 17, verse 24 and 25. And if you bear with me as I read these scriptures, you kind of understand the foundation. And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? He said, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom of tribute, of their own children or of strangers? Next verse, Matthew 17, 27. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast and hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. Take that and give unto them for me and thee. Matthew 22, verse 17. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny, and he saith unto them, Whose image is this? And so, you know the story. Render unto Caesar that which is unto Caesar, and unto God that which is God. Now the first three mentions in the New Testament, they're all involved the tribute money. The first three mentions in the New Testament was Jesus speaking, and in every case, it involved the tribute money or money that was going to the church. Matthew 25, 18. But he that hath received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. The next mention was when the it's the story of the talents. Now, I preached a sermon. Actually, it's the eighth 
is eight talents, not ten talents, as commonly believed. I preached two sermons on it called the eighth talent. It's sermon number 5087. And the second part I preached actually two years later as a revelation came. And that's sermon number 5374. You can go to airjesus.com and just put in their talents and you'll be able to pull up those sermons. Matthew 25, 27. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. Now, this mention was about the wise use of money. Matthew 28, verses, verse 12. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. The sixth and seventh mention in the New Testament was money given to the soldiers to lie. Mark chapter 6 verses 8 and 9. And commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey save a staff only. No script, no bread, no money in their purse. But be shod with sandals and not put on two coats. Eighth mention in the New Testament was the Jesus telling the disciples, take no money with you. Mark 12, 41. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and behold and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites which make a father. The ninth mention in the New Testament was the widow's mite as Jesus sat and watched people put money into the church. Mention number 10, Mark 14, 11. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought how he might conveniently betray him. Tenth mention in the New Testament was Judas. So the Old Testament, the first four mentions were concerning slavery. The next three mentions was concerning a grave. So seven makes a complete number. So in the Old Testament, the first four mention was slavery and the next three was buying a grave. Do you know that most of us, even in the church, slave till our grave for money? We slave until our grave for money. So it's no accident even, even of how God placed the first mentionings of money in the Bible. And then Leah and Rachel, the eighth, and they were saying they were sold for money and that the money disappeared. So Leah and Rachel was fussing about their father. He sold it because he sold them to Jacob. And he said, the money has been devoured. We slave until our grave for money. And oftentimes, even going in the grave, have nothing to show for all of that slavery. It's been devoured. So even the way God placed the series of his mentioning of money tells a story. The ninth mention in the Old Testament was when Jacob bought land. And the tenth mention was the money in the sack of Joseph's brothers. Now, the New Testament, the first three mentions was about money going into the treasury of the temple, putting money in church. The fourth mention was about the man who, who dug a hole in the ground and put his money in the ground. The fifth mention was when the master said, you fool, you should have invested this money. The sixth and seventh mention was paying the soldiers to lie about Jesus. The eighth mention, Jesus telling the disciples, take no money with you. The ninth mention, again about 
church giving and Jesus setting, looking at the treasury and the widow's mite. And the tenth mention, the priest, when they paid Judas to betray Jesus. These were the first mentions of the New Testament and the Old Testament. And then I asked, well, what is, what is the last thing that God said about money? The last mention about money in the Old Testament is Micah, chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. The heads thereof judge for reward, and the priests thereof teach for hire, and the prophets thereof divine for money. Yet will they lean upon the Lord and say, Is it not the Lord among us? None evil can come upon us. Therefore shall Zion for your sake be plowed as a field, and Jerusalem shall become heaps, and the mountain of the house as the high places of the forest. What Micah said, and this is before God shut up for 400 years, the last mention in the Old Testament, God says that the judges judge for money, the preachers preach for money, and the prophets prophesy for money. That's the last thing God said about it. And he said, because of this, I'm going to bring all this stuff to rubble. Last thing he said, what's the last thing that said about money in the New Testament? And the last thing in the New Testament is 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning at verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare. And into many foolish and hurtful lust, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. That was the last thing God said in the New Testament. So the last thing he said in the Old Testament and the last thing he said in the New Testament, Paul was telling Timothy, and that's the verse we all know, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Actually, the King James is the root of all evil. Some of the other verses say all kinds, but the King James says it's the root of just, it's the root of all evil. It's like you would say, like, some evil is not rooted in money, but, but he said it's the root of all evil. So it, it's a dangerous subject to deal with simply because when you get too much of it, it can be a problem. We have the God Heals program tonight. Uh, it, we have it once a month, the first Sunday of the Jewish calendar. So for those of you who need healing, you're listening on television or Internet just go to airjesus.com, click God Heals. But we have God Heals tonight. And, and one of the commands on God Heals is we can never take any kind of offering. And I thought about the story of Elijah, of where Naaman came to be healed. He had leprosy, and Elijah healed him. And, and I preached a sermon just dealing with that. But, but, and I outlined in that sermon how much Naaman brought Elijah. It was equivalent to $2 million. And I was thinking to myself, Suppose someone came to God heals and, and just and, and they got healed and they came back and said, Pastor Nathaniel, uh, uh, Pastor C. Elijah and, and Pastor James, I just want to give you all this two million dollars. And seeing Elijah said, I can't take any of it. And God has told us we, we just can't take any offering, any kind of gift at God. Suppose somebody came to us with two million dollars. 
Do you know what kind of temptation that would be to kind of see we can sliver around the word of God? And, and I would I, I would be thinking and, and James's gears would be turning and see Elijah's head would be spinning around. And we'd probably say, well, God told us not to take any money at God heals, but can you bring it back Thursday? <laughs> I mean, we, we, we may think of some kind of way to get around that thing. So money is an awesome temptation to be able to tell that man who, who's bringing two million dollars. And, and see, it's one thing when someone brings you some money, you just already flowing with money. But it's another thing when you're running short. That's another whole scenario. So suppose that were happen. Could we stand like Elijah stood? Just one miracle of the first thing. And he's spoken to me already several miracles just dealing with miracle money. And this is the first miracle that I'm going to tell you today. I'll tell you the rest of them in the other session. But the first miracle is stretching what you have. That's the first miracle, stretching what you have. On last Sunday, the men of vision had gone to Florida on a deep sea fishing trip. And we had caught fish. We had a whole half a cooler full of fish. But by the time they filleted it, it left only a very small amount of meat left. And we had the men of vision meeting that Sunday night, that next night. And we had to say to everyone, look, we're not going to have enough fish. You can only get one piece at most. And our master chef here, Brother Rick Pullum, he took the fish and he said he grilled it, but he grilled it a special way so that the fish didn't shrink. And what happened, and we had a lot of men who showed up at the men of vision meeting to get the fish. And we were so scared we were just going to run short of fish. What happened at the end of the dinner, we had fish left over and people went back for second and third helpings and we never ran out of fish. So, so the, we, we just saw it and I, we, we thought we were going to run short, but we just saw the fish just stretch. And God says the first miracle, and we're talking about miracle money, the first miracle is stretching what you have. And this was a deep statement that God spoke to me immediately after he spoke that. And it's deep. He said they can tell how much they are stretching things by how much garbage they have. That was deep. He said you can tell how much you are stretching things by how much garbage you have. Now that thing opens up a whole lot of revelation. Because you know sometimes we got some stuff in our world and it's not just garbage that we literally put in the sack and put in the can. It's some other stuff that we have in our worlds and it's just garbage. So he says you can tell how much you are stretching things by how much garbage you have. When you're really efficient, there's very little garbage. You, you know, back in the, in the slavery days, African-American people, they used to have to use every single part of everything that they had. There was nothing left over. And, and that's, that's why some of the food that's eaten is unclean stuff because folk had to, there was nothing thrown away. They ate everything because they had to stretch what they have. And, and when you move into times where you, you're going to need some miracle money, God said the first miracle, that's what Jesus did with the loaves of fish. He didn't get more fish. He stretched what he had. And when he stretched what he had... He had, he had more left over than what he started with. When you stretch what you have, and if you've got 
every time, every week the garbage man comes and you got half a dozen big sacks full of garbage, you're not stretching very well. He says they can tell how well they are stretching things by how much garbage they have. We're going to continue on and I'm going to give you the other miracles that God spoke just dealing with miracle money in my next message, the first message of the new year. I had to really read a lot of scripture today to let you understand that sometimes when people hear anything about money, ears perk up. But I don't want you to be a slave to money. I went to uh, the movie to see the movie. It's called uh, Cadillac Records. And it was an interesting movie about, about the old days of the blues singers and jazz. And, and, and one man, it was about um, the, the main star of the movie was, what was it was, um, what was it, uh, Muddy Waters, Muddy Waters. And, and, and the second man, he was howling wolf. And Muddy Waters had this real sharp Cadillac that he drove. And when Howling Wolf came up, he was in his old raggedy beat up pickup truck. And Howling Wolf got out and Muddy Waters got out. Muddy Waters in this sharp, shiny, waxed Cadillac. And Howling Wolf in this beat up truck. But Wolf told Muddy, he said, I own my truck. My truck doesn't own me. And that was a deep statement. He said, I own my truck. My truck does not own me. And that's one of the first principles. That's why the first mentions of money in the Bible, it involved the money buying the people. And I just hope you don't sell yourself that cheap where you become a slave for the rest of your life. And the second three mentions of it was about the grave. And those first seven, they represent completion for so many people. They're slaves to money up to the grave. And you don't even own your truck. Your truck owns you. You don't own your car. Your car owns you. You don't own your house. Your house owns you. Never will forget, I was at a restaurant man knew who I was. He was serving. He said, he said, Brother Bronner, can, can I get a, I, I need a second job. I said, for what? He said, I, I, I need a second job so I can buy this car that I want. I said, man, you're getting ready to work 16 hours a day for a car? See, Howling Wolf knew something. And though his truck was beat up and raggedy, he said, I own my truck. My truck does not own me. And when you grab the handle of whatever you're driving, you need to be able to make the statement, I own this. This doesn't own me. And so many of us with our stuff, it's those first four mentions in the Bible, we have been bought See, Jesus was bought with a price, but it didn't say money. But yet Judah sold him out for money. When you grab a hold of whatever material you do grab a hold with, you need to think about howling wolf. I own my truck. My truck doesn't own me. And it's better for you to be in a beat up, raggedy, smoking pickup truck that you own 
than to you to be in a sharp, shiny Cadillac that owns you. I own my truck. My truck doesn't own me. God wants to take us into a level of miracle money, but he first has to give us foundation and to understand that he does not want his people being slaves to money up to the grave. There's a freedom that should be gained from it, but with so many, it puts us in bondage and the stuff and all that goes along with it. First miracle is to be able to stretch what you have. We, we holler for more fish to be able to stretch. Some of y'all got plenty money, but you got too much garbage. You got plenty money, but you have too much garbage. And you probably need to just look at your how many, how much, how many bags you putting out. And that'll tell you real good, you know, if you put not just sometimes just one person just got five bags of garbage every week. And that lets you know you're not stretching things very well. He said they can tell how well they are stretching things by just looking at how much garbage they have. D principle. So God is preparing us to take us to another level. And he's having me stretch these things over from one year to the next. Because there are going to be some big money issues next year. There are going to be some big money issues. And we're going to need some miracle money. But if you don't understand the foundation and the laws of first mention. And how God uses miracle money. We'll be like Judas. And we'll be like the slaves. And we'll be like muddy waters instead of howling wolf. And both of them were in the same field. But one owned his truck and the other, his Cadillac, owned him. Be free, people. Be free. Don't be a slave to this stuff. And let's reduce our garbage going into this next season. God wants you to be taken care of and he's going to send you information dealing with miracles in your money we thank you for joining us today at brothers of the word because brother you need the word amen amen you are listening to airjesus.com and the online word.com this was the first message in the miracle money series by nathaniel Bronner jr this message was number 5421. That's 5421. The next message is number 5423. To listen to the entire series, click series on airjesus.com or theonlineword.com. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.